podcast the Tokoloko Talks podcast we're really excited to have you here and to have this conversation I'm excited to be here with Chim and Anu hey guys hey Amanda hey hey Uh, for those that are joining in for the first time my name is Amanda Ntati Chimbezi I am from Botswana and I go by the pronouns she her and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to this conversation. It's an exciting one. It is on decolonizing pretty. Interesting. I cannot wait to unpack what that means. But first, let me have Anu and Chim introduce themselves. Chim, do you want to start us off? Hi, everyone. My name is Chim Wutai. I use she, her pronouns. I am from Kenya and I am one third of the Tokoloho podcast. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> Anu? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Anwarite Gikonyo. You can call me Anu for short. I use they, them pronouns. And I'm also looking forward to this conversation. Both Chem and I are from Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, for the record, for all our new listeners. And yeah, we can get into the conversation. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Chem and Anu, uh, for introducing yourselves. Maybe let's talk about pretty and what pretty means to us. For me, pretty means visually looking attractive it's as basic as I define it I don't think I've ever really thought about what exactly pretty means and I think this conversation is really going to help me hear what your thoughts are and maybe build my understanding of what pretty means or what it should mean I'd like to hear what pretty means to you Anu yeah pretty uh so of similar to you, it is very much visual appearance, uh, aesthetic. I do think the term itself pretty is quite gendered in that usually does refer to a more feminine presenting person. Um, and I guess, yeah, its mm. counterpart would be handsome. Uh, and so you're like pretty girls, handsome boys. Mm. And so I, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in hearing more about like, yeah, where you guys, you guys' relationship, especially with the term pretty uh, and yeah, with how it feels for you guys. What about you, Jim? Um, I think growing up and like becoming more critical and I think like just living in the age of technology and information, mm. we're just becoming more critical of like the different definitions just as Anu has highlighted like pretty is very much gendered to like now handsome that's the counterpart mm. but I'd say like to me pretty um 
I don't know how to explain it. For whenever I think of pretty, I just think of like how people view you. But and then it's different for when I think about like beautiful. Because when mm. I think of beautiful, it feels as though it's like more um like internal. It's more coming from you than mm. like from external factors or like validation. So I don't know. And like pretty just sounds so like cute and petite. Exactly. But like <laughs> beautiful encompasses everything. I feel like it's also outside and inside. Whereas pretty is very much like your outward appearance interesting is that your same view anu do you think that there's a difference between pretty and beautiful i mean yeah i'd guess even how the words feel you know so mm-hmm. when someone says oh my gosh you look beautiful so nice. it's it's I, yeah it makes you feel seen it's like that that is i mm-hmm. you are <laughs> noticing me as a human being mm-hmm. when you say that and compared to pretty where as you highlighted and I hadn't even really had the language for that distinction but it does feel very externally how one has presented in that moment mm-hmm. and being like oh yeah what you're doing it 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 matches what we have collectively decided it's visually appealing mm-hmm. and so I I do and even as I do feel more seen and appreciated and validated when someone says oh yeah you look beautiful yeah. um then when someone says oh yeah you look pretty it's like really that's it yeah that's it dude. <laughs> beautiful makes me feel like it sounds like stunning like mm. elegant but it's pretty yeah. it's like yeah i guess look okay. i don't know <laughs> what about you amanda i think as you guys were both speaking i was reflecting on what i i think and it's interesting what you both said about uh, pretty and beautiful. I think that beautiful for me sounds similar to what Anu was saying, very internal. It's it, it doesn't feel like I need to do anything to be beautiful. It feels like I just need to be to be. But pretty feels like I need to attempt something. I need to present myself. It's a doing for me to get the validation of being pretty, whereas I can exist and be beautiful. So that's the difference I was I was getting as you both were speaking. Oh, this is such a nice definition. Yeah, I'm like, hey, this is just the first question. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Do you guys consider yourselves pretty? Chim. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And I'd say like only recently. Tell like, us more. <laughs> only recently from when I turned like 16, 17, that's when I started to be very comfortable with my features, like my big forehead. That's something hey. <laughs> that's something I grew up like wow. being made fun of. Same. Like you have a huge forehead, etc. But then I realized these are East African features. Like East Africans just have big foreheads and that's just how our skulls look so i literally when i was like let's say in class three i thought about getting a forehead reduction surgery why was i thinking about something like that honestly Mm. so i'd say it's recently where i started considering like in the last two three years where i started considering myself not only pretty but beautiful and i also came to terms with the fact that i may not be pretty or beautiful to everyone and that's okay it only matters if i find myself beautiful and pretty and i noticed that was coupled with like an increase in self-esteem and like my confidence Mm. and i realized a lot of people find others attractive
something more beautiful when they are confident. Yeah. Because I've seen some stunning people, but the lack of confidence takes away from like their beauty, I'd say, because like just the way they carry themselves. So I've realized it's a lot of how you carry yourself, like how you believe in your source. Mm. That's what really carries you through like being called beautiful or pretty. Yeah. To, to quickly piggyback off that, the term pretty, I also, I, I, and I, I think I'll choose to answer beautiful more so, mm-hmm. like whether I feel beautiful. And I'd also say it's a very recent occurrence. Mm-hmm. occurrence. I'd say it's even more so been in the past year for me. Mm-hmm. It's more recent even for me because I'd say it's been the past year in which I really begin to feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. And building on what you were saying earlier, that came for me when I stopped trying to be pretty, when mm-hmm. it no longer, the distance between me and beauty was no longer so big because uh, I, I stopped wearing makeup, um, just wearing things that didn't feel good on my body personally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things that I guess the world and maybe not the whole world, but what feels like the world has decided is beautiful mm-hmm. or pretty mm-hmm. um, and how all women should aspire to that mm-hmm. um, and divorcing from that, deciding to shave my hair, deciding to wear more mask presenting clothes, beginning to bind, beginning to just do things that felt more androgynous Mm -hmm. uh, and more actually related to masculinity. Doing that thing where you can get up, put on a shirt and shorts and leave the house to go to a party. Like getting, when I was able to start doing those things, it made me feel a lot more confident. Mm -hmm. It increased my Mm self-esteem. It no longer, I no longer felt like I was performing in a way that I had been earlier. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just so at home to the point that I do think it, it came with being able to walk in a room and know that, hey, mm-hmm. I am here and, and I am worthy. Shit, and right? I, am, I am that human being. Exactly. <laughs> Adding on to what Anua said, I can clearly see the glow. Like, from, yeah. <laughs> let's say, for example, when we entered Ailey or even when we began our gap year, like beauty also comes from within. Like you first mm-hmm. have to be able to accept yourself and then it pours into your outward appearance so like yeah and you're so happy and you look man. so good like with the shaved hair Thanks. the piercings like man. you seem so very comfortable with yourself so now. much more comfortable <laughs> i like that i like that and I, I i want to piggyback off what you just said anu for somebody who's listening in right now uh what prompted you though i get that you weren't on this journey but like what prompted you to feel like you wanted to internally work work on uh, feeling beauty, uh, beautiful as opposed to feeling pretty. You stop putting on makeup. What prompted you? And if I was somebody listening and really wanted to go on that journey, what would you say are like high level, easy things to start doing that might help one really learn how to be what Chem said, confident? Yeah, uh, I guess in my case, it's quite specific maybe but I guess Mm -hmm. it is still relatable to people who do identify as cisgendered Mm -hmm. but um I had had this one conversation with uh uh the ALA therapist uh and it was she was doing a 
trying to have conversations with people on how comfortable they feel at home mm-hmm. in comparison mm-hmm. to how comfortable they feel in schools. And one thing I had highlighted during that conversation was that when I come home, I feel like I have to become someone for the people who I left here. So I'd wear things that didn't make me happy, didn't make me feel most comfortable. Uh, I hate yeah. bras and I had to start <laughs> wearing bras again. And I was like, ew. Um, I just, even when you're going for a family function and it's automatically expected that looking good for family means wearing a dress and I I don't enjoy wearing dresses at the moment um, and mm-hmm. haven't for some time. And so after having that conversation before coming home, I had made a promise myself that when I was taking this gap year, I was going to do what made me feel happy, regardless of whether people understood it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I really just began asking myself what beauty meant. And I realized that I I would often work against my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd try to look like what I thought was beautiful on for other people and be like, oh, maybe I should try do that to my hair because that person looked good in it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I should try wearing that because that person looked good in it. And of course, you can get inspiration from other people, but I never asked myself, what do I think would accentuate what I like about my body and yeah. a- about my appearance? And so, yeah, the first thing that I said is, I don't know why I have all this hair on my head. My skin hates it. My I don't like it. Um, it's getting so hard to handle. Let's cut it in half. And that was one of... And I actually spoke to Chem literally the day before I did it. And I was like, I don't... This this needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the next thing was the septum piercing, which was... I had to have a conversation with my parents because to them it wasn't a, a a pretty thing to put on my face mm-hmm. and I was like it's a great thing that I'm not trying to look good to you then and you love me whether yeah. I look good or not because <laughs> yeah. it's very much yeah. a me decision mm-hmm. and something I want to do for me and uh then they were like oh and yeah and then the next thing was when I was going to get a tattoo and my dad told me no. And then I spoke to my mom and I was like, does it make sense that he gets to decide what yeah. I put on my body? Like, cause technically getting parental permission for body modification, who owns this body then? Um, who gets yeah. to decide what is what happens to this body then? If it was money, that's one thing, because you're the one producing money to get it. But yeah. if it's from mm-hmm. me, then why should you get to decide what happens to my body? Especially after a certain age. Mm-hmm. Like, I I find it interesting when people say like, oh, I have to ask for my... Okay, I guess we have different parents and like our relationships are different. Mm. But when I hear like my friends who are even like two years older than me say, I have to ask my mom for permission for something so small. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, yo... Mm. okay things are anyway that's a different conversation <laughs> like, <what? laughs> okay. what about you amanda do you uh i, I feel pretty uh, mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. what's your relationship with that i i think i'll answer it uh similar to what Ani you said around beautiful i feel beautiful i believe i'm beautiful I think pretty for me has always been such a hard word to work with and it's been very triggering. I think earlier on today, I actually wrote to you guys saying the whole conversation was triggering the whole idea of being picked or not being picked. And for me, pretty has always been about um, 
are you the one that people pick? Whether that is, do you know, are you pretty enough for friends to feel like they want to be associated with you? Are you pretty enough to for the boys to feel like they want to be friends with you? Because people want to associate with, uh, you know, people who, who look pretty in the standards that whatever they define as pretty. So I, 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 I had a very troublesome relationship with that because I haven't always felt pretty and I didn't really know if this is like, is pretty like consistent? Is it, you know, something that comes and goes? Is it supposed to be attained? I just feel like that's not something that we have been allowed to really define and understand as we were being socialized. So I would rather right now stick to I feel beautiful but even with that beautiful term it has come from a long journey of unlearning particular things that the world had told me about myself and getting to a place similar to what you um, and Chem felt where you internally feel comfortable in your body you are confident in who you are and how you look you understand that your face your features uh, are what makes you who you are and there's nothing you know that can be changed about that but it is really what's unique about you so that's where I am today I wish I was there 10 years ago but that's where I am today um Granted, Chem just stereotyped all East Africans and big foreheads. Disclaimer, I cracked up about no. that. <laughs> if you're an East African listening, I mean, it's, not- it's okay. We love big foreheads, no. by the way. <laughs> we are decolonizing beauty standards. Yes. That's what's yes. happening. Um, and, and just as a follow-up, you know, I know we talked about internally feeling confident, uh, but when do you guys feel most beautiful or attractive uh, yeah um i knew maybe take us first <laughs> that, yeah I, I wrote that prompt down and i'm not blank <laughs> um i feel most and i guess a term i've been using frequently uh since coming out as non-binary is when i feel most seen and most comfortable okay because i realize that when i'm in a setting that i feel most seen and most comfortable i tend to bring my most beautiful self Mm. to that space Mm -hmm. and so um the times i feel like that are when who all my labels do yeah. not matter. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel mm-hmm. most beautiful. Like, um, and there's this term, there's this lyric in a song that goes, Don't you know, um, don't you know your best side shows when you're unaware, not thinking, just primal. Aww, and like what so you get to be isn't it? It's called um Assume Form by James Blake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's one thing that term Right, just <laughs> download it right now. Um, but yeah, so I feel most beautiful, uh, most attractive, most at home when in spaces that allow me to exist outside of all the labels that society throws on us very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are this type of person, this class, this sex, this age, this 
type, t- even just general type of person, those assumptions made of who someone comes into a space as mm. when surrounded by people who don't constantly remind you of that, the heaviness of being in a body, you mm. know, and you get to just be free and weird and spontaneous and crazy. Mm. Um, that's when I feel most attractive uh, and feel most, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Anu. I don't even want to like say anything further to that definition because <laughs> I feel like that was beautiful. Chim, when do you Wait, feel... Wait, could I quickly... Mm-hmm. Could I quickly build on that? Yes, and please. I guess it, it will be a question to both of you as well. How much do you guys think attractiveness matters mm. to general well-being? So like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We talk <laughs> a lot about even if someone says they don't feel beautiful, our society goes, oh my gosh, no. Especially in this yeah. age of political correctness or being diplomatic about correctness. things. Yes. <laughs> in this age of political correctness, if someone says they do not feel pretty, especially because that's usually what it is. Yeah. The reflex is to go, oh my gosh, no, you're so beautiful. This, this, and start listing out what why you should yeah and uh i guess a a a question i've been asked asking is to what extent Mm -hmm. does does beauty have to even matter to an individual and what what we can do to stop making it such a big thing Mm -hmm. in society so like maybe that once feelings one's relationship with beauty is a reflection of something deeper inside and what you even said earlier for the internal work that needs to be done to feel or call oneself out loud beautiful yeah and so like how can we how much should how much should attractiveness matter to what extent <laughs> i feel like i would love to uh-huh. answer that uh chem you can you can chime in after I I was going to say that for me, when I feel the most attractive is when I feel fit, healthy, uh, and mentally and emotionally well. That's usually when I feel the most pretty or beautiful. And I think that for me says a lot about the question that you just asked, uh, Anu, you know, if somebody says, you know, I don't feel pretty or I don't feel beautiful, should the first thing be that, hey, no, but you're fine the way you are, you're cool, great. I think for me, it's more about, you know, asking the person, why don't you feel pretty or beautiful? And trying to understand where the root of that is. And yes, half of it is um, affirming them and building up their confidence and allowing them to also work on their uh, confidence. That is definitely a part of it. But I do think that the times when I have taken the time to mentally, but also physically take care of myself. And that's not to say lose 20 pounds, but like just even walking once a day and feeling healthy and fit, I find that that helps build my, 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 pretty or my beautiful. And the reality is a lot of times you get toned by doing those exercises. Um, and you know, as you tone, if that's your definition of pretty or attractiveness, then that actually does boost your confidence in many ways. So depending on what you define as attractive, for me, attractiveness would be me looking toned and looking and feeling fit. So the more I do activities that 
that give me that outcome, the more I feel attractive, the more I feel beautiful. So it matters for me, um, you know, what attractiveness means. I think that that's my answer. But uh, generally, yes, I feel I feel uh, pretty or beautiful when I'm, I'm feeling healthy. I'd say like similar to Amanda, it's more so about like the things that I've been doing. So if I've been taking care of my mental health, like my physical health, if I've been mm. eating, especially like eating yeah. good food, it yes. reflects on like my happiness, how I mm. look on the outside. It's so important. Like if I've been eating like crap for three days, yeah. you will feel like I will, crap. You will mm. feel it. So I'd say those things, but it's also like <laughs> when I get out of the shower and my skin is just looking, it's looking so soft, so clean. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you? So I'd say like whenever I get out of the shower and I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But those are the moments where I feel prettiest. And I don't know why, but even like when I wake up in the morning, mm. like my skin is just so plump and it just looks so healthy. I'm like, okay. Like it, there's something about like the first mm. hour when I wake up where I feel like my skin is so beautiful. And I think my skin is one of my best features in my opinion. Like I'm just so, I've invested a lot into it. So I'm so happy that it looks so like plump, healthy and it's mm. clear. I'm very happy about that. So mm. when I look in the mirror and I see the investment didn't go to waste and I'm mm. like, okay, that's good. Quickly building on that, I realized you highlighted. Yeah. Right? We're just going to be following up. I also have a follow-up. Keep following up with each other. Go ahead, Um, Annie. Go ahead. I guess a question on the role. Because, okay, I don't know if this applies to you guys as well. But a big thing that, as I've sort of pointed at that got in the way of me and my relationship with beauty being tight Mm. was comparing myself to other people Mm. and other people, how other people look, how other Mm. people present, how Mm. other people work. Um, or yeah. And just that. And I guess, yeah, I was just thinking on that with you and how like, it is like being able to look at oneself and say you as you, not you in comparison to, because it it can become that you look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and you're like, this isn't big enough. This isn't toned enough. This isn't. And I guess it can motivate someone to look more like how they want sometimes, but to what extent does that get in the way? Exactly. Um, Mm. Yeah. Just a a thought. It's very raw. (laughs) I think it's a mindset thing for me. And I did this, not really unconsciously, but just like over time, I stopped comparing myself to others because I realized like, that's how you start feeling sad. That's when you start realizing, I actually don't like how my lips look. I don't like how my nose is. I don't like how my body is. So whenever I appreciate myself, it's usually in a vacuum Mm -hmm. and not in like, um, in an insecure place, but first getting to a point where I really love myself, like where someone else's beauty doesn't threaten me exactly. or make me feel like less. But I must say, it's not just something you wake up in the morning and you feel like, okay, great. Cause there are so many stunning people. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But I think first learning to love yourself within your vacuum to the point where you can step out of it and just be okay with like looking at someone else who's beautiful and you might find more beautiful yeah. and it's not intimidating. You say I'm someone else's cup of tea. I'm my own cup of tea. I and that's all matters first. That's, what I'd say. that's a word that's a word needs to be like yeah put down somewhere no thanks for that uh chim i think as you were speaking i was just trying to also think about the times when i have um 
compared myself with other people and building on to the next question that I would love for you guys to answer just maybe giving uh, our listeners an idea of what your journey of beauty has been Um, I know we've touched Mm. a bit on that Mm. as we've been speaking but I'd love for you to Mm. you know elaborate a bit more on that I think part of it is I used to struggle especially with social media you you know i would go yeah. onto social media mm-hmm. and yep. i would see a consistent type of face that was deemed beautiful mm-hmm. on social media and even with black mm-hmm. i know sometimes we talk about the west but like even with black uh women um you know if i just center on that particularly you'd find that there was a particular face that was seen as beautiful and if you didn't Mm -hmm. quite fit into those features you weren't the the successful Mm. uh instagram influencer you know so i would see a particular Mm -hmm. face being the ones that make it on instagram influencing and i would be like oh okay does it mean that one has to be this way to look uh beautiful or to be seen as beautiful and I did compare I think that there was a time when even the way that I pursued weight loss wasn't really about myself it was more about Mm -hmm. I wanted to look like Mm -hmm. those people I wanted to fit into what looked as Mm -hmm. you know small up but like curvier down uh kind of bodies that are seen I think mostly on the continent (laughs) as the body type um that is that Mm -hmm. is um beautiful Mm -hmm. and I, I really think it took a lot for me to pause. So, for example, with Facebook, I went off Facebook for two years, I think in 2018, because I needed a break and I needed to mm-hmm. define for a lot of things for myself outside of what social media was telling me. And that was probably the time I grew the most as a person and as a young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, first of all, I just noticed how much... It, outside influences were influencing me internally. Uh, Mm -hmm. The second thing was Mm -hmm. I had to have a conversation with my parents, in particular, my mother. So a lot of, um, a lot of people don't know this, but when I was 20, I was hospitalized for three days because I was not eating for a very long Mm -hmm. time. I was trying to lose weight and I ended up in hospital uh, for some time And that was rock bottom for me. I think I had gotten to a point where it was really terrible. Image was extremely important to me and it shook me, but it also shook my parents. And after that, you know, my dad, for example, stopped completely to say anything about my weight that would make that would trigger me because I think they had they had seen that this was something that could like affect my life. My mom and I had to have a conversation because I come from a very body shaming uh, maternal side of the family. I love we them. Know. Mm-hmm. We but, know the struggle. Uh, even <laughs> by loving them, uh, I you know a lot of them are they are the same. My maternal family is highly. Um, they're lean, they are light in complexion, 
and they are they have long fair mm-hmm. hair so I came out and I look more like my mm. dad than my mom so I'm not light skinned I am not lean I definitely don't have long mm. natural hair so it felt like I was constantly being asked oh do you want to lose weight maybe why don't you yeah. try this why don't you try this and you know that added the pressure of trying to understand who mm. I wanted to be and, and, and what made me beautiful and I think after that incident yeah. and now in my 20s throughout my 20s I think that the whole journey of my 20s has been standing up for myself with people but also exactly. learning mm-hmm. what beautiful means to me I think I'm in a really good spot now but it wasn't as easy going through my 20s mm-hmm. and I don't want to ever get to a place where I'm lying in a hospital bed because I have not been eating for two three weeks yeah here um that was actually an original piece that i created so i hope you enjoyed it i'd like to thank you all for staying until the end of the episode but not to worry this is only part one part two will be out next week so we won't make you wait two weeks if you did enjoy this episode please share it with anyone you think would benefit from it your loved ones etc also don't forget to follow us on instagram at the tokoloho talks and if you have any questions or you want to keep the conversation going or you want to collaborate with us please do email us at the tokoloho talks at gmail.com both the instagram and the gmail will be put down below in the show notes and we hope to see you next week thank you Thank you.